Opportunities to be generous are all around us, even as you're eating out. Hey, here's a simple one. Start blessing the waiter and waitresses at the restaurants. Well, you know what? That can be a very expensive thing to do. But joyful. Blessing these men and women. They work their tails off. And this becomes a bridge to love on them and care for them. And it's only money. God can replace money. You write this down. God can replace money. But your integrity can take forever to replace. Your testimony and your witness can take forever. But man, money, God replaces that all the time. And you can live with joy and peace and kindness and goodness as the Spirit of God fills your heart. This is amazing grace. We so often think of afflictions as working against us, but good could actually come out of it, including a deepening of our generous hearts. Today on Abounding Grace, Pastor Ed Taylor revisits Hebrews chapter 13 and 2 Corinthians chapter 8. This church was in a great trial and deep in poverty, but they weren't stingy or tight-fisted, as you might expect. Rather, they were joyful and generous. Let's allow this to challenge us to be the same. There was a time when churches were building hospitals, not for profit. I mean, they've become a very profitable business today, but not for profit, just to help. That the Christians were going into the leper colonies. That, that the United States here, we were sending more missionaries out than all other countries combined. It's not so anymore. People are praying for us right now, praying for our country. People, are, there are nations all around the world sending missionaries to us. Why? There's a variety of reasons, but I'll tell you how to get back. It's to have a generous heart. We don't want to stand in judgment. We want to help. Find out what their story is. Pray with them. Encourage them. See what God might want to do through us. This church gave liberally, and we have to ask ourselves, does that describe me? Does that describe my giving? Do I give naturally? Do I give abundantly? Do I give liberally or am I known as someone who's tight-fisted and always holding back? I know, it's a I know it's a broad subject. It applies to giving of tithes and offerings. That's so easy. It's so easy. It is so easy to give in your local church. God made it abundantly easy. Do I, do I find myself looking for opportunities to serve others in Jesus' name? Am I putting strings attached to everything? Am I unconditionally loving or am I putting strings attached to everything I do? The heart of the matter is always more. You can jot this down. It's the psalm of repentance. But in the psalm of repentance, listen to what, listen to what David says in Psalm 51. As he winds down, he's just so broken over his sin, so broken by how far he got from God, so broken by the, the horrible decisions he made. And as he repents, he says this, Psalm 51, verse 16. For you do not desire sacrifice, or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offering. No, 
The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. These, O God, you will not despise. And as our hearts are broken and soft before God, the other practical parts of our life flow very naturally. Very naturally. You would think in affliction and difficulty we would pull back. But page after page after page in the Bible, the life of faith is that when affliction hits and poverty visits, the church moves forward with power and faith and faith. Notice with me now back in 2 Corinthians in verse 3, it says, For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, beyond their ability, they were freely giving, or excuse me, freely willing, begging us with much urgency that we should receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we had hoped, but first gave themselves to the Lord, then to us by the will of God. So we urge Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also complete this grace in you as well. Verse 7. But as you abound in everything, in faith and speech and knowledge and all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also. Three times this word is used. It's going to be used, I think, seven or eight times as he moves forward from this text. But he describes giving as from grace to grace and actually literally an act of grace. You're giving. It says, you abound in everything else, abound in giving as well. Let your reputation know that you have faith, and you have speech, and you have knowledge, and your diligence, and you have love, but also be known as a people who give as well. So check this out. The, the, the church in Macedonia, they gave, it says, it says, according to their ability. And then he says, yes, beyond their ability. Now, Circle that phrase, beyond their ability, and next to it you could write sacrificial. Sacrificial. In another place, Paul will tell the church in Corinth, when I'm talking to you about giving, I'm not asking you to give so that now you're in great need. You give to your ability, but there are all those occasions when you give sacrificially, self Like you give to the point where it's painful. So, so here's what, let's just use a $100 bill for example. I know it, it's an it's a illustration that, that is short on some things, but let me, let's just say you got 100 bucks. God gives you $100. Giving to your ability would be something like this. If you had $100 and you gave of your tithe to the church, you gave $10, now you have $90 that you can live on and you can use for whatever your needs and wants are. So you're giving to your ability. You're doing what you're supposed to do. You have 100 bucks, you're giving of your tithe, which literally means 10%. It may be 15 because you're giving an offering. So you, have, you give 10, you have 90 to live on. To give sacrificially would be more along the lines of this. You have the $100, you give 90, and you learn to live on the 10, the wants and the needs that you have to live on the 10. And you go, wait a minute, Ed, how could we do that? I don't understand how could we possibly do that. How could I give 90 and live on the 10? Well, I suggest to you that you would do it the same way, that you live on the 90, and you give the 10. Or... Maybe some of you give a $100 bill and you give nothing. So you've chosen to live on the 100. So how do you live on the 100? And how do you live on the 90? And how do you live on the 10? We all live the same way, by faith. Now, of course, if you don't give anything, then you're really trusting in the 100 bucks. And isn't it interesting 
If that's you and you don't ever give anything ever to anyone, you just kind of hold on to it. Isn't it interesting? It's never enough. It just never seems to be enough that you got a hundred bucks, but your bills are 120. And so what do you do? Well, it's not just your bills. It's your wants too. You know, so you start to live above your means and you start to dig holes and you start to borrow and you start to open up credit cards and it just goes worse and worse and worse and worse. The person that's 10 and 90 lives by faith. I believe God. I give my tithe. I give of what God has asked me and, and I live on the 90. And then if it comes to that above your ability, it just, the Lord just speaks to you. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know why I would do this, but, but I just feel like God wants me to give 90 and I'm just going to this time. And, and you do that, you're going to live by faith. But you can see, you can see, you can see now when it comes to generosity, to the level that you're generous will be to the level you depend upon God by faith. So you can choose nothing and trust your money. You can choose sacrificially. You see, this was a unique situation. This was a unique opportunity. This was something unique. And the church in Macedonia saw the opportunity. They felt their own poverty. And like, you got other churches, are like, like we need to help them. We need to support them. And they gave sacrificially. And don't think of it, you know, as, like, as if they gave a million dollars. God is not asking you to give what you don't have. <laughs> That's another thing they do on TV, right? If you don't have it right now, then just put it on your credit card. No, don't do that. God is not asking you to go in debt to support some ministry. Don't do that. God would rather have you get out of debt so that you have freedom with all that he's entrusted to you so that you can do what God has called you to do. So don't, don't do that. Don't listen to those guys. Don't even though you have a sincere heart. So, so here, he's like, look, he's like, look, this is a unique opportunity. An opportunity that, man, we can really help. And, and it's not like they're, they're not, they didn't give like a billion dollars. They didn't have a billion dollars. Maybe this offering from the church in Macedonia was, was a couple hundred shekels or something. You know, who knows? We look at it and go, oh, that's not very much. What do you mean that's not very much? They gave above their ability. To me, that's a lot. It's not measured in dollars and cents. It's measured in heart. That's how God sees us. Some of you can give a lot. Uh, You know, if we measure by money, some of you can give a little. But it's proportionate to where you are. And that's the key. You don't want to compare yourself. You just want to be faithful with where you are. And some of you, you need to learn to give sacrificially. You need to learn to step out in faith when the Lord is speaking to you. Some of you just need to give to begin with. It's disobedient. It's kind of like water baptism. Well, I don't want to be water baptized. Then go ahead and live a disobedient life. That's what it is. That's it. That's that simple. Well, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to give. I don't trust. Okay, well then just choose to live disobediently and understand that it's going to cost you far greater to disobey God. It's going to cost you in every area of life. You go, come on, Ed, what do you mean by that? Well, turn over to chapter nine. We don't have time to develop this, but I want to read it to you. Chapter 9, verse 6. You know the principle, sowing and reaping? Sow to the flesh, reap corruption. Sow to the spirit, everlasting life. Just like a farmer. A farmer knows. Sows corn, going to have a crop of corn. What you sow is what you reap. So what does he say? But I say this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly or of necessity, because God loves a cheerful giver. 
So the sowing, the giving, another one that gets manipulated where, well, if you give that seed faith, that sow that seed into my ministry, God will give you a million-fold return. No, he won't. It doesn't work like that. If that was true, then I'll tell the televangelist, you give me the million dollars, bro, and you get the million-fold return. But they never do that. Oh, no, 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 that doesn't work like that. No, this is a heart issue. I mean, if a farmer wanted a large crop, he would sow a lot of seed. Yes? You guys with me? If he doesn't want a large crop, then he can throw a few out there and just go back to doing whatever he wants to do. But see, he lives off what he sows. So you, your life reflects what and how you sow in life. Whether it's money, that's the context here. Whether it's grace, whether it's forgiveness whether it's mercy, if you're sowing seeds of peace, love, righteousness, then the bountiful return will come. When you give, God returns that in a variety of different ways. A variety of different ways. It's going to be all sorted out in the Bema seat where the rewards are given out. We don't know now. We really don't know. We kind of see a little bit. We kind of feel like we get testimonies of things. That, but we really don't know how God's chosen to use our obedience. He doesn't need to use us. Like, he can do it without us. But I just want to be a part of it. Personally, me and my family. That's how I raised my family. That's how Marie and I, when we, got, when we were born again, how God developed our marriage. How I wanted to disciple my kids. I, I wanted us to be generous. I wanted to learn. I still want to grow in my generosity. I'm not there yet. And I don't think I'll be there until I get face to face with Jesus. But I want to grow. I want to give more of my greediness away, my covetousness away, my tight-fistedness. As Paul's on his way to Jerusalem, he tells them, these guys are givers. So, so when he comes to chapter 9, he says, so bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. And then he says, give as each one purposes in his heart, which to some people go, well, you know, I just purpose on my heart not to give, Ed. All right, fine. But that is not the heart of Jesus. Because when you abide in Christ, this isn't even an issue. But if you want a purpose in your heart not to give, don't give. Now, I've never seen this happen, but I use it as an illustration all the time. You know, maybe today God stirs you, okay, Ed, I will give. And you say it just like that. I'll give, give me the picture, give me the checkbook. And you start writing it. You're just grunting and groaning. Where's that dumb box he said? Where is it? Where is it? And you walk over. Here is your, just take it. We don't want it. I don't have a key to the boxes, but I'll find somebody that does and we'll give it back to you. We don't want it. That's what the Bible says. He doesn't want you to be all upset and mad about it, holding grudge. You're going to do it grudgingly. Your heart's not there yet. That's actually a bigger issue than you giving is the condition of your heart. Okay, I'll go do it at Starbucks. I will just... Just don't do it. Now, last time I shared this before, somebody emailed me and go, Ed, you can't tell the church to be disobedient. Okay, I'm not telling you to be disobedient. I believe you should give. I believe it. But I'm also letting the Bible say what it says. Give with the right heart. Give generously, happily. That word, as one pastor has said, where it says cheerful, could also be translated hilariously, where you're just so filled with joy like the Macedonians. You're like, yeah, 
Praise God, man. Use it, Lord. Use it. And learn the principle that you cannot give God. Learn it. Learn it for yourself. Learn of the faithfulness of God. You'll be able to have a testimony looking back and just saying, oh man, God, you've been so good. You give to the needs of your local church. Yes. You give to the offerings, perhaps, of people around you. Yes. You look to the world that you're in and you bless. Yes. 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 You just learn to say yes. You learn to be open. You learn to put away your prejudices and things that hold you back from people in need. And you just go and engage them and talk to them about their life. You begin to build a relationship with strangers. I know it's weird and it's awkward, but once you start stepping into people's lives, it is normal. It becomes normal for you. And it's not as awkward as you think. You just got to get through it, man. You just got to do it. Do it the first time. Do it the second time. And before you know it, you're like, I want to do it a third time. I want to do it a fourth time. Who's next? And people are going to be running away from you. (laughs) You're just like, man, here he comes again. Yeah, here he comes again. And it's not, and then because the event is weird and awkward, you don't have to be weird and awkward. You don't have to, like, you're just that caring, loving person. And it started in your local church because you're faithful there. And it's just, that's the start. That's the, the, the start gun goes off and you're run, off and running. But, but if you're disobedient here, you're going to be disobedient there. If you sow sparingly here, you're going to be so sparingly there. God has been so good. I've, I've been, I mean, I look, at, I look at our church over the years. God's just been so gracious to us. He's been so faithful. He, he provides for our needs above our needs, above and beyond. He's so good. And I can say as a church, like we, we as a pastor, I don't, we don't need your money. We can do ministry without money. We did before. Like God is over the years, I believe, and trusts us. He, he allows us to have more because he can trust us with it. But we were, there were times when we had nothing. But you know what we had? We had faith. <laughs> we prayed. We depend upon the Lord. And we have to learn every step of the way not to lose the faith in prayer as God blesses. But like this isn't a message as I close. It's not a message to stir you up and okay, everybody, we got to give because the church has a need. No, you need to give because it's the right thing to do. It's your obedient offer unto God. He knows what he's doing. And the thing he touches the most is the things that we value the most. And the things that we value the most are usually the things that we have the tightest grip on. And I promise you, for many of you listening to me right now, it's money. And if you read the book of James, you learn it's not the amount of money you have. Because you can have more than enough and hold on to it tightly. And you can have great poverty and you can hold on to it tightly. Why? Because it's a hard issue. It's a hard issue. And you can work this thing over here and you can work that thing over here and you can do the chess pieces and you can do whatever you want, but that's you. And you're going to always be limited by you. But when you finally surrender and you open up and say, you know, Lord, I, I heard him. I heard him last time. I heard him again. I just want to be more generous. You just start praying that way. And then give the feedback of where God leads you. I'd love to hear it. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Maybe you're going to get involved in the go teams for the first time. And you're just going to find yourself in love with the work of missions and the mission field. And you're going to anticipate what it's like to be a missionary and what it's like to live by faith on the field. You know, they all raise their own support. 
And so as you're raising support for your trip, you're going to like, man, this is what a missionary does every day? Yes. This is how they live. And they're excited and they're vibrant and they're just going for it in the Lord. Maybe that's it. I don't know, but I do know this. This has been a series of challenging messages for me both to put together and to write out and deliver because God is speaking to me about going to another level of faith. Speaking to me about another level of faith for my family. And I'm excited about it because I want to follow through with exactly, I want to be in with you. Otherwise, I'll be a hypocrite. I don't want to be a hypocrite. And so as the Lord's speaking to me, I'm like, okay, what's next, Lord? What do you have for me? And I'm finding that I have my own stories at Starbucks or at Circle K or at Safeway. It's beautiful. Even when I asked you guys, hey, here's a simple one. Start blessing the waiter and waitresses at the restaurants. Well, you know what? That can be a very expensive thing to do. But joyful. Blessing these men and women. They work their tails off. And this becomes a bridge to love on them and care for them. And it's only money. God can replace money. You write this down. God can replace money. But your integrity can take forever to replace. Your testimony and your witness can take forever. But man, money, God replaces that all the time. And you can live with joy and peace and kindness and goodness as the Spirit of God fills your heart. Amen? We're going through Hebrews one verse at a time with Pastor Ed Taylor on Abounding Grace. Before we part ways, just a few things we want to tell you about. If you'd like to hear today's message again, log on to AboundingGraceRadio.com. Again, we're on the web at AboundingGraceRadio.com. You can also download our free app and access our teachings that way. Search for Ed Taylor or Calvary Church. So, Pastor Ed, as we looked at a church that gave liberally, I think it's an opportune time to say thank you to the listeners that have been generous in giving and helping us remain a biblical voice on this station. Larry, I do want to personally thank everyone that partners together with us financially and through prayer uh, for Abounding Grace being on this particular radio station and many, many others around the country, even around the world. You know, Abounding Grace Radio started with a very primitive production on one AM station here in Denver. And the vision that we had back then, almost 20 years ago, is the same vision that we have today. Uh, We don't have much to give to our community, but what we do have is the Word of God. And having been discipled by Pastor Chuck Smith through the ministry of Pastor Jeff Johnson at, at the church I was saved at, at Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, I... What I have to give is the systematic verse-by-verse teaching of the Word of God under the leading and inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and then to produce them and provide them in different stations, different states, is an unbelievable privilege. And I just want to thank you for partnering. Uh, Not a day goes by that we don't hear how God uses the Bible teaching of this ministry. Not a day goes by that we don't hear of the faithfulness of God through abounding grace. And so little or a lot, we're very, very grateful for your participation, for your agreement, for your investment. Really, it is an investment in the work of the ministry. And, and even if it's not abounding grace, if you support another ministry, uh, that the Bible teaching goes out and people's lives are changed, I commend you. I thank you. And it's something Marie and I are a part of as well. Uh, and we're grateful for it. And you're, you, you get to share in the fruit, we get to share in the fruit, and, 
And the Lord just, man, he uses us. And that's, that's the amazing thing, isn't it? That God allows us to participate in what he's doing on the earth today. So thank you guys. If you'd like to contribute to the ministry, it's easy to do online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Each month, we pick out a book to help you develop a spiritual library with the hope and prayer it will aid you in your walk with the Lord. Here in September, we've got a good one to share with you, written by Louis Giglio, titled, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Would you like to break free from the chains of negative thinking and experience true freedom from unhealthy thoughts and emotions? You can. In this book, you'll discover practical ways to overcome Satan's lies and find peace and security in any situation you find yourself in. Request a copy today when you support Abounding Grace with a gift of $25 or more. You might think of it as our way of saying thank you. You can do that by calling 877-30-GRACE. Again, the number is 877-30-GRACE or order online at calvaryco.store. Don't miss our next study in Hebrews. We'll pick up right where we left off today. That's here at Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You laid down your life. That I would be set Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. 